Man, I didn't get the first amen on that. You know what Brother Donald was talking about? The Word of God plainly says, Neither give place to the devil. And when you yield over to your emotions, that's where the enemy gets in. Because the enemy will work through your emotions. See, I know and understand Satan's destroyed. He's destroyed. The Bible says he is. But it also said, For this purpose was the Son of God manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. But when you yield to the works of the flesh, the enemy gets in. He gets in through your emotions. And, but I want to know how many of you are ready for what God wants to do. Because Brother Donald's right on track. I mean, he's dead on track in some things he was saying this morning. And the Lord been dealing with me about some things as far as giving me direction. The Lord hadn't really given me direction. I went back there and sat down and started reaching out and studying. Been praying all the way up here and... Man, things things just start coming together. God fixing and reveal some things today, and there's a timing for things that God's going to reveal today that I'd never seen before. I mean, God fixing put some of these things in a in a in a time frame. But let's just go to prayer right here. Let's ask God to open our understanding. That'd be all right. Mighty Savior, Holy King. By the name of Jesus, I ask you to give us eyes to see, ears to hear. And let our spiritual man, which is our heart, understand what the Spirit is speaking to the earth. Open our understanding, Father. In Jesus' name, Amen. Now, just before I walked out here, I heard the voice of the Lord speak to me. You ever listen to what I'm saying? The Lord said in a few days... I'm fixing to reveal the ministry of the Son of Man. So he's fixing to step on the scene. And I've told you all there's a difference between the ministry of the Son of Man and the ministry of the Son of God. When the Holy Ghost poured out on the book of Acts, they went into the ministry of the Son of Man. Nobody's ever ministered in the Sons of God ministry yet. But he's getting us ready for it. But before you can minister as a Son of God, you've got to minister as the Son of Man. And we've not stepped into that because... People have got this thing about the Holy Ghost and they've, they've, they've boxed God in and they've limited the working of the Spirit of God to, to tongues and a few gifts. Now, this very ministry that Jesus possessed on this earth is fixing to step into us. But you've got to get ready. You've got to get ready because you mark my words, God's fixing to use somebody. He's fixing, he fixing to take over somebody's life. And the very... That very Son of Man ministry is to start working in somebody's life. And Paul said it, I believe in 1 Corinthians 4. He said that the life of Jesus might also be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Now, y'all might understand what I'm saying, but flesh and blood ain't going to inherit the kingdom of God. But this mortal flesh, we're going to possess Jesus. We're going to possess this Jesus ministry. Hallelujah. And I want to go back to where I led up last week. I'm going to Hebrews 4, and the Lord just started putting some things together. And I know all these things, but I've never seen them come to order. And God put them in the order that He started putting them in. And if y'all don't stay with me today, y'all might think I'm off on some kind of elaborate tangent. And then I'm just out there. Well, that's all right. If I'm out there today, I'm just out there. Amen.
Hebrews 4 and verse 2. Y'all with me? For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith. And then they heard it. See, it don't matter what you hear. It's got to be mixed with faith. You've got to believe what God's speaking. So God is speaking. Brother Philip, are we good on the live stream? Do what? Well, they said it didn't even work last week. My mother-in-law said she never could get it last week. So, well, for we which have believed do enter into rest, as he has said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise. And God did rest the seventh day from all His works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again He limited the certain day, saying, And David, today, after so long a time, as it is said, Today if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus, now this right here is Joshua when he took the children of Israel over Jordan. This ain't talking about Jesus. The man Jesus, the Savior, is talking about Joshua. For if Joshua had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day. There remaineth therefore a rest or a peace or a completeness See, this is going to bring in the, this is going to bring in the perfectness. This is going to bring in the completeness of God. Because when God rested after, on that seventh day, everything was finished. Everything was perfect, mature, complete. It's done over with. Everything's finished. Y'all following with me? I said, y'all following with me? Amen. For if Jesus had given them rest, and they would not afterward have spoken of another day. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest has also ceased from his own works as God does from him. Any of y'all cease from your works yet? <laughs> I don't think so. Let us labor therefore. That means you've got to put out some effort if you're going to get this. You're going to get this, it's going to be labor. Amen. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man... Fall after the same example of unbelief. Now, I want you to go back with me. Let me see where I got my marker. Genesis. First chapter, I believe it is. Yep. Boy, I love it when the Word of God comes together. Genesis, first chapter, 26 verse. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over everything or every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. 
And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in thee, and every tree in the which is the fruit of the tree yielding seed, to you it shall be for meat, and to every beast of the earth, and every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth wherein they there is life, and I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. And God saw that every living thing that he made, and behold, it was very good, and the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Chapter 2. The heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now, I've preached this and I've explained this to y'all. Creation was not six of our days. The Bible says in, in one of the writings of Peter, the one day with the Lord is a thousand years. A thousand years is his one day. So that sixth day was a period of a thousand years. So we know that on that sixth day, God created man. And He gave him total dominion over all his creation. Somewhere in that sixth day, God brought all the animals to Adam and He named them. But there wasn't found a helpmate for Adam. So on that sixth day, God somewhere also created woman. And I'm going down to verse 19 of chapter 2. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature... That was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle, all the fowl of the air, every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helpmate for him. The Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and took out of his rib, and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he woman, and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bone, and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Now we know that God created everything in six days, or six thousand years. And going into that seven thousand years, which is the seventh day, or the millennium, God going in that seventh day, God rested. Where did He rest? Right here. The fullness of God entered into man. The full dominion and authority over God's creation entered into man. Psalms 2 says, What is man that thou art mindful of him or the son of man that thou hast visited him and set him over the works of thy hands? When we read Hebrews, how that God spoke again of a seventh day, then there's a, a seventh day coming again. Because from the time, and we don't know how long after that seventh day, because that was a thousand years that God lived in man. We don't know how long after that seventh year till man sinned. Well, God did not begin to count time until after man sinned because God's eternal. 
Man was not created mortal. He was created immortal. He was not created corruptible. He was created incorruptible. Man was not made to die. Man was created for God to live in him in the fullness. We are God's house. We are God's dwelling place. When Paul preached in 1 Corinthians 6, and he said, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, then we are supposed to be God's temple. The reason corruption and death and sickness and disease dwells here is because we will not give ourselves to the dwelling of the Christ. And God is going to trouble us and put us through tribulation until we reach that place we totally yield to the work of the Spirit of God. He didn't say in Isaiah 48 and 10 that I chose you out of the furnace of affliction. He said I chose you in the furnace of affliction. So right now we are in the furnace of affliction and God is trying to let things work in us to work out of us everything that is hindering the indwelling of the Spirit of God. The only difference in what Adam had And what we're going to possess is there was no spiritual death and there was no natural death. And we now possess, we will possess victory. When we enter into this ministry of the Son of Man, we'll have the power to raise the physical dead. When we enter into the ministry of the Son of God, everything's going to be subject to a spiritual death, physical death, all sickness, all disease, all demons, everything. Are you hearing me? The ministry of the Son of Man is the step to get to the ministry of the sons of God. But I'm going to show you the timing of it. I've never seen the timing of it. But this is what I want you to understand. I'm fixing to go to Genesis, the sixth chapter. And and I'm going to read something here. And if y'all have got any input, I'm not talking about what I teach. I'm talking about what the church teaches. Genesis, sixth chapter, first verse. Y'all there with me? It came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, the daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. See, I'm one created corruptible flesh. Now man had become corruptible flesh. If you go back and look at Genesis and you go down through the genealogies, it seemed like every generation or so, man's years were cut. Man's years got shorter and shorter and shorter. Why? Because everything that Adam and Eve produced in the rest of that sixth day and that seventh day, and then however long they lived till sin came in, they were sons of God. They had the nature of God. They had the dominion of God. They had the authority of God. Are y'all listening to me? Adam and Eve didn't wait left they sinned to have children. God created them the sixth day. He said, be fruitful and multiply. So they Immediately begin to bring forth seed. But everything they brought forth was in the image and nature of God because that's what they were created in. You can't find where Adam brought forth a son in his image and his likeness fully until the fifth chapter of Genesis. And for years, whatever was produced after sin, that nature of God began to die out in it. Are y'all hearing me? I said, are you hearing what I'm... This is the way the earth was populated. If Eve... Had had a kid every three years for 1,500 years. She'd have, what, 500 kids? And them kids that had kids, that's how the earth got populated. The angel saying in the church is where King's wife come from. 
Because church don't teach this. Church don't teach this. Let me tell you something. Adam and Eve had kids 1,500 years at least, if not more. And their kids had kids. And their kids have kids. There was no sin. There was no shame. There was no perversion. There was no evil. There was no spiritual death. There was no natural death. They lived. They was made to live eternally. And now, have you ever read in the Bible where it says a spirit without a body is not at rest? You ever read where uh, Jesus talked about a demon being cast out and said that spirit's going to walk through the earth seeking what? Peace. He's going to seek rest. Well, the Spirit of God is not at rest. It's not at rest. It's at rest in the body of Christ, in, in the a glorified body of Christ. But what God's bringing forth, you fixing to have a bunch of bodies without the fullness of God. So they got to find rest. That's the reason God spoke again of this seventh day. We are coming when man sinned up till now. It's just about been six going into seven thousand years. We fixing to enter into that seventh day again. And when we entered into that seventh day, it was sanctified from the beginning forever. Therefore, there's got to be a body for the fullness of God to dwell in like it did man in the beginning. Are y'all with me? We better get ready because I'm going to tell you, somebody going to get this. Somebody going to possess this. Because when that last part of that sixth day goes out and that seventh day comes in, God is going to rest again because He sanctified the seventh day. That's the reason He said in Hebrews 4, there remaineth the rest of the children of God and he spoke again of that seventh day going over Jordan didn't give him that rest he gave him physical possessions but he didn't give him rest somebody sent me a prophecy from 1968 that's 58 years ago talking about the church going into a mild gospel church going into entertainment church going into material gospel and the sign that they gave was people would migrate out of Asia into Europe. And look what's happening now. I said millions of people will start coming out of Asia. That's exactly what's happening. They're coming out of Asia into Europe. And I, I listened to that. It was talking, it's over in Norway. God spoke by an old man in Norway back in 58 or 68. He was a Norwegian. They called him a prophet. And he spoke this back in 68, 58 years ago, over a generation. And we're in it right now. We're in it right now. God has tried to warn us. We're in something right now. Are y'all hearing me? We're in a visitation. We're in an act of God. And the church, all the church is looking for is a greater talking tongues, a greater shout. That ain't what God's doing. There is a baptism of the Holy Ghost in fire that brings in the miracles, the deliverance, and the works. But there is a baptism into His death that will destroy the carnal mind and the sin nature. And God has opened our understanding in this and told us to seek for this baptism into his death. He said, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. Life and peace. Life and rest. Life and joy. But we've not sought for it because we think, because we can talk in tongues, have a few healings, have a few miracles. We got it. You ain't going to seek for something you think you got. It's time to seek to be baptized into his death because he said when you are baptized into his death I, this body of sin is destroyed they ain't never been destroyed they ain't never been destroyed in us church say what they want to they can talk about being baptized into Christ and having the baptism of the Holy Ghost yeah but that's the reason Jesus said in Matthew 21, 7 and 21 not everyone that saith unto me the Lord Lord 
shall enter into my presence. They're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. They're not going to come into this place. They can say, we've cast out devils in thy name, done wonderful works in thy name, prophesied many things in thy name, done many wonderful works in thy name. But when it comes down to possessing the kingdom, he's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Why? Because they were never purged of iniquity. The only thing that's going to purge you of iniquity is to be baptized into his death. It's going to kill this carnal man. It's going to destroy this body of sin. Get your heads in Romans 6 this week and study it. Study it backwards. Study it forward. Study it sideways. We study it upside down because Romans 6 is the baptism of his death. It puts to death this body of sin. It kills this sin nature. The sin nature has never been killed. And Jesus warred against it all his earthly life. He was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. He had to fight that sin nature. No, he didn't sin, but he still had to war against it. He was tempted. He was tried. He was tested. But now the sin nature has no dominion over him. Because he's been born again. He's been birthed to the Father. He's been brought into the fullness of God in all carnality. All sin nature has been destroyed out of him. And that's what we're pressing for. Hallelujah. He that is born of God does not commit sin. Man smarted off when I preached this in 2010. If I'd been, if it'd been my meeting, I'd have set him down, but it wasn't my meeting. He said, well, that just means you don't practice sin. Yeah, but the next line says, and cannot sin. But see, he didn't go there. He just says that he that is born of God does not commit sin. That means you don't practice sin. But he didn't go that next part of it. This is and cannot sin because when you cannot sin, the seed of God is in here. There is no sin nature. There is no sin nature. There is no sin nature. Adam had no sin nature. He didn't know what it was to sin. That's how the devil got him. He deceived him. He entered in, but we have knowledge of the sin nature. And we don't have to keep letting the devil mess us up and turn us around and destroy us and pull us down because we got knowledge. And we are being told we can conquer and overcome this sin nature. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Hallelujah. Devil can't sit on you one more time and tell you you don't ever get to do nothing in church. Because God gave you your liberty today. And you got to obey God things you've been wrestling with for years. God just pulled you right into them. That's what God's doing to us. He's just pulling us right into things. My God, there's something in here been in me for years and years since I was a little boy and I feel it pulling me into the nature of God. I was reminding God on the way up here this morning. I said, you spoke a word about that church. What you going to do? He said, yeah, but I said, if you would pray. If you would pray, I would move by my spirit. I said, God, you give me just a little bit longer. I'm fixing to get up there and we're going to pray. We're going to seek your face. It's time for this kingdom to be revealed. Have you ever noticed the Lord's prayer? Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done where? In earth as it is in heaven. See, His will's already being done in heaven. He rules all things. Total dominion. Total authority. Total power over everything in heaven. He said, now let it come to earth. Let that dominion of the heavens step down. It's got to step into us. When Adam gave it up, we got to take it back. Devil didn't take it from Adam. He surrendered it. And when he surrendered it, he went from incorruptible to corruptible. He went from immortal to mortal. 
Are you listening to me? Exactly what God told Adam in the day that you touched that tree. He didn't say you had to eat of it. He said in the day that you touch it. He said you shall surely die. That's exactly what happened. He died naturally and he died spiritually. And man's years from there started being shortened. And there's sickness and disease and things started coming in. God is offering us life. And life more abundantly. In I think it's 1 Timothy 1 and 10. It might be 2 Timothy. I, I get these things so messed up. I tell you, uh, me and Paul are going to have a talk. Why he had to do First and Second Corinthians, First and Second Thessalonians, and First and Second Timothy? Because I'm always getting my ones and twos out of order. But in in one of them scriptures, he said, "And Jesus Christ hath abolished death. He's abolished it. There's no spiritual death for his people that believe in him. Don't they laugh? He has abolished death and brought to light and life through the gospel. He's put it out here for us." You can go by the way of the grave if you want to. If I can get God to have mercy on me, I won't, I, like my daddy used to tell me, I want nobody throwing dirt in my face. He didn't live long enough to see it, but daddy believed what I was preaching. Daddy believed what I was preaching. He believed you can possess the Christ and the fullness of God. You don't have to go by way of the grave. I believe it. Elijah didn't go. Enoch didn't go. Y'all think they're the only two men? No, they were examples. There are probably a lot of people got translated like Enoch. There are probably a lot of people that didn't go the way of the grave like Adam. I mean like Elijah. Are y'all hearing me? Because the Bible plainly says Enoch had the testimony that he was, he pleased God and he was not, for God took him. You think about walking with God. He lived a natural life. The Bible said he lived 300 and what, 50 years? Raised up sons and daughters and prophesied 350 years. Prophesied about the Lord coming back with ten thousands of his saints. Well, how did them ten thousands of his saints get up there? When the graves was open at the resurrection of Jesus Christ, at the crucifixion of Christ, the graves was open, and when Jesus resurrected, the Bible said the body of many of the saints come out of the graves and walk around Jerusalem. They walked around Jerusalem. Are you hearing me? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob may have been walking around. <laughs> Hallelujah. The twelve patriarchs may have been walking around. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> Joshua may have been walking around. <laughs> Elisha may have been walking around. You don't know. <laughs> God just said many of the saints, the graves of many of the saints <laughs> were open and they were seen at the resurrection of the Christ. <laughs> they were seen walking around Jerusalem. <laughs> and when He ascended, they went up with Him. That's that cloud. <laughs> the Bible talks about Hebrews. <laughs> I believe it's 11 and 1 and we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses that cloud's people that cloud is people so when he ascended up people went up with him he went up in a cloud that was all them saints that was resurrected and those two angels stood there and said why ye men of Galilee why stand ye here gazing in the heavens this Jesus as you've seen go shall come again in like manner was he coming back with ten thousands of his saints that's what Enoch said Enoch the seventh from Adam prophesied that he was coming back with ten thousands of his saints. He's coming back. There's some things got to happen first. Hallelujah. Now, Genesis 6 chapter, second verse. What does it say, Sister Kathy? And y'all better stay with me today. I'm wired. 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. The who? Who's the sons of God? Where'd you learn that from? But what was you taught beforehand? Anybody ever taught what these sons of God were before I revealed it? They said they were the fallen angels that fell with Lucifer. Angels don't come in and have a relationship with human beings. And angels that have fallen ain't called sons of God. Angels ain't sons of God. They're created beings. They're created beings. These sons of God were the children of Adam and Eve. They passed down through the generations. And when these sons of God saw the daughters of men was fair, they started coming into them and having kids. Are y'all hearing me? Hallelujah. Woo! Maybe it's a good thing live stream ain't living today. We'd like to be blowing some minds. Now, I've never had the Lord deal with me in a chronological manner like He dealt with me, but I want you to go with me to 1 Corinthians 15, and I brought some of this out here a few weeks ago, but I never tied it into a, a time frame, and I've had people ask me, when's all this going to happen? I'm fixing to show you today when some of it's going to happen. Man, there's so many Scriptures in the Bible. If you just stop and start writing them down, that the church will try to explain them. They ain't got a clue. They ain't got a clue. Hallelujah. Just like Hebrews 2 and 9 when it says that by the grace of God He should taste death for every man. What does that mean? Hebrews 2 and 9. By the grace of God He should taste death for every man. Man, we all know if the Lord don't tarry, we all go on to taste physical death. Well, what does it mean that it said and He should taste death for every man? Spiritual death. He tasted spiritual death and conquered it and destroyed it that we don't have to. The only people going to taste spiritual death is ones that don't hearken to Him. Don't turn their life over to Him. Me? I don't want to go there. <laughs> I don't want to go there. Y'all with me in 1 Corinthians 15? Y'all ready? As they used to say, y'all ready, Freddy? Ready to go? Brother Philip, you listening? I'm going to mess with your mind today, son. If you call your daddy and try to explain this to him, he's going to go... Verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, and neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Now what's the kingdom of God? Anybody going to talk to me today? What's the kingdom of God? Huh? That's right. That means in the body you're in right now, flesh and blood cannot inherit or get the fullness of this Christ. You may put on the ministry of the Son of Man on this earth, but you're never going to put on the ministry of the Son of God in the body you're in right now. Flesh and blood can't inherit it. Is that what the Word says? I don't care what you've been... What does the Word say? Is that what the Word says, Brother Justin? 
that what the Word says is Kathy? Is that what the Word says is Deborah? Then that means something got to happen. Because corruption can't put on incorruption. And mortal can't put on immortality until something happens. Ooh-wee. Behold, I show you a mystery or I show you a secret. We shall not all sleep or we shall not all go to sleep in Jesus. Y'all with me? We shall not all go to sleep in Jesus. But, we all shall be changed. I'm going to make sense of all this. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, that's the seventh trump in Revelation. I'm going to take you there in just a few minutes. At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Now when it says here, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, it's talking about the dead in Christ. It ain't talking about them that sleep in Jesus. Them that sleep in Jesus are just good saints that went to sleep. The dead in Christ are the martyred and the persecuted. Y'all following with me? I'm going to show you by the Word of God. I don't care what church teaches. I'm going to show you by the Word of God. I'm going to tie all this together. Don't ask me why God put it today. Maybe He put it today. Those of us here can hear. Alright? In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. That's talking about the dead in Christ. I'll take you there in a minute. And we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruption shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of the sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, y'all got that? Alright, now, let's go to 1 Thessalonians 4. Devil going to choke on this today. I'm going to give him so much word he ain't going to chew it with false teeth. Y'all with me? 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so then also them which sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him. See, this is going to be the final coming of the Lord. Those that are asleep. That's what Enoch saw. That's what the angel said. When he comes, he's going to come with ten thousands of his saints. Those saints that rose with Jesus, they was asleep. All these that are asleep right now, when he comes for the last time, they're going to rise up out of the ground. Are you with me? He's going to bring some with him. He's going to resurrect some. 
Am I messing with y'all today? For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain, same thing Paul said, we which are alive and remain, in 1 Corinthians 15, we which are alive and remain at the sound of the last trump, for we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. He see, he said it again. Uh, what God's going to do here ain't going to stop those from being resurrected eventually. But look how it changes. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ, or the persecuted or the martyred, those that were beheaded, and I'm fixing to show it to you in the Word, in Christ shall rise first. See, you've got to have a resurrection of the dead in Christ. Then we're going to rule and reign with Christ a thousand years. We which are alive and remain going to be changed. The dead in Christ going to be resurrected. There's, you, there's when your sons of God ministry starts. There's when your sons of God ministry starts. That's the beginning of the millennium. At the sound of the last trump, the Bible says in Revelation 10 and 7, I'm fixing to take you there, that when the last trump shall begin to sound or the last angel shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished. The mystery of God is Christ in you, the hope of glory. said it should be finished. Are y'all with me? Y'all hanging with me? Alright. Then which we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds or in all these peoples. This is at the, the very last. Okay? This is at the very last. To meet the Lord in the air or meet Him in the Spirit. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, let's see why I need to go. i got a bunch of Scripture marked here. Alright, I'm going to Revelation uh, chapter 20. I hope I'm making sense. If I'm not making sense, y'all, say, Brother Metter, I need to know this. Because, see, sometimes I get to preaching this, I don't take time to explain it. But I can tell you the mystery and the revelation this in me. A mystery is a secret. A mystery is something you don't know. It's been kept hid from your eyes. But God's, God told us two or three years ago in Fort Payne, He said, I'm fixing to start opening the mysteries. He said, what, Daniel saw the visions. Daniel saw things. John prophesied the seven thunders uttered. And when I was at Brother Patterson's two or three years ago, the Lord spoke to me and said, the voice of the prophets that prophesied, is fixing to speak again like John prophesied. And, and the Lord told him, He said, you're going to prophesy again in these last days. Well, John ain't going to prophesy in these last days. I don't think he might. But he was never martyred. But the spirit of him and the voice of him is fixing to prophesy in these last days. The spirit of Daniel is fixing to prophesy in these last days. All these prophets that had the mysteries of God revealed to them, they fixing to prophesy in these last days by the Spirit of God. It's that spirit of them fixing to come in. Everything Daniel saw, he said, seal up the book. Shut up the vision to the time of the end. So those are mysteries. When something's sealed up and shut up, when the seven thunders spoke, John got ready to write, the Lord said, seal it up. Don't write it. So everything that's been spoke, everything that's been revealed, that's been sealed up and shut up, we're now beginning to see the revelation of it. Amen? Y'all with me? Revelation 20, verse 1. And I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and great chain in his hand. That key is power. He had the power to shut that pit up. He had that chain to bind the devil. I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, 
which the devil and Satan and bound him a thousand years. Now, listen to me. I don't believe Satan's going to literally, physically, or spiritually be bound by a chain or a key. I believe the sons of God are going to have the keys to the kingdom of God and they're going to have the authority of the Spirit to bind Satan like he was in chains. (laughs) Are you all with me? Hallelujah. Lord, just drop that in my spirit right there. I said, God, you ain't going to come down with no big key and have a big chain and bind the devil. And the Lord just showed me. He said, that key is the key to the kingdom. Those are keys to the kingdom. Those are the authorities and dominion of God. And those chains are that power and authority which God will give us. When the son, and this is when the sons of God ministry will start. This is the beginning of the millennium. This is the beginning of the thousand years. This is the beginning of the seventh day. Are you all with me? This is the beginning of the seventh day. And you try to explain this, folks, in the church world, they're going to tell you I'm off in false doctrine. And he laid hold on the dragon, the old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Because the thousand years is going to be the ministry of the sons of God. It's going to be the ministry of the sons of God. We're going to rule and reign with Christ. You ain't going to rule and reign with Christ a thousand years unless you got dominion. And if you ain't got dominion in this old physical body, you ain't going to live a thousand years in this old physical body. Your flesh and blood ain't going to inherit this. You're going to be changed from corruption to incorruption, from mortal to immortal. Are y'all with me? At what? The sound of the last trump. The sound of the last trump is the beginning of the seventh day. It's the beginning of the millennium. It's the beginning of the sons of God. When does it come? After tribulation is ended. The ministry of the Son of Man will take us through tribulation because we will be tried those three and a half years. We will be tried to see if we're going to stand. We will be tried. Some of us may give our life, but we're going to be tried to see if we're, we're going to be counted worthy of this right here. Everybody ain't going to get this. This is our inheritance. It belongs to us. But if you die, are you hearing me? If you die before this inheritance comes, you ain't going to get this. You ain't going to get this. You ain't going to get this Christ. You ain't going to get this fullness of God. You ain't going to get this immortality in, in, a, in a body. I'm talking about living in a glorified body. Are you hearing me? I'm talking about putting on a glorified body. I'm talking about becoming as He is. Is that not what the Bible tells us? As He is in this world, so are we. Or as He is, so are we in this present world. That's where God's trying to take us. Paul said that I may know Him in the fellowship of His sufferings and the power of His resurrection. See, the fellowship of His sufferings is the tribulation. The power of His resurrection is the sons of God ministry. And He went on and said, If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. I can tell I'm messing with y'all's heads, but I can't help it. This Word's coming out. This Word's coming out. That's your sons of God ministry. The fellowship of His sufferings is the tribulation. That's what we're going to go through to get the power of the resurrected Christ. You may walk in what Jesus is in on this earth. You may possess the ministry of the Son of Man. But that ain't my goal. My goal is to become a son of God. The Lord told me in 1989, He said, you were predestined and foreordained to become a son of God. He said, when I put you in your mother's womb, He said, it wasn't because they wanted a boy after having three girls. He said, I placed you there. I told your 
mama what to name you. I, that's the reason he told me years ago. I, I used to take that scripture in First John, uh, John the first chapter, six verse. I, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. I used to joke about it. I said, that's me. I, God said, quit joking about it. I predestined and foreordained you I, to become a son of God. I told your mama I, what to name you. I, hallelujah. Let me show you a scripture in John the first chapter that I may not ever broke down for you. John the first chapter. You there with me? Boy, y'all going to want to get this. Let's just go to verse 10. We ready? He was in the world and the world was made by Him and the world knew Him not. He came unto His own and His own received Him not. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become what? Not the ministry of the Son of Man. He gave them the ability, the wisdom, the understanding. He took the scales off their eyes, opened their understanding to the, to the sons of God ministry. He gave them the ability or He gave them the power. Power ain't all the time just healings and miracles. Power is ability. You look that word right there up, it'll, it'll show you ability. This is not dunamis power. This is ability. This is wisdom. This is understanding. Now, to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. Verse 13. Does anybody know your English grammar? Anybody know English grammar? First two words. Which are? Singular or plural? Plural, ain't it? Because if it was singular, it'd be who is. Which are born, begotten, birthed, brought forth, <laughs> not of blood, not of the will of flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. God told me. He said, I put you in your mama's womb. I put you there. And I've brought you forth. And I've given you the ability. And I'm giving you the ability to become a son of God. He said, this is what I called you for. He told me, he said, I didn't call you to be a husband. I didn't call you to be a daddy. I didn't call you to be a father. I didn't call you to be nothing but a son of God. He said, you got married on your own. You brought them kids to this world on your own. He said, I told you when you prayed those 33 days about your wife. I told you she would make you a good wife, but it was up to you whether you married or not. That's what the Lord, it's exactly what the Lord told me. And He said, so you chose to be a husband. You chose to be a father. He said, I called you, put you in your mama's womb, ordained you, brought you forth to put on the fullness of God. He said, it's up to you whether you possess it or not. Just because God's... I still got to possess it. Y'all hear me? I still got to labor to enter into this rest. I still got to labor to enter into this fullness of God. It ain't just going to come. There's some things I got to do. There's some things you got to do. If I got y'all totally confused, are y'all on track with me? But see, people's never seen this. They think this is just talking about Jesus. No, it said which were born, not who is born. Not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Y'all see that? Not who, not who is, but which were. Hallelujah. Now let me go back to Revelation 20. 
Don't you love it when the Word comes together? Verse 3, And cast him in the bottom of the pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him. Everybody's looking for this to be natural. This ain't going to be natural. The Lord ain't going to come down with a big chain, tie Satan up, set him in a bottle of spit, stamp a seal on him. It's going to be the sons of God ministry. Going to render him powerless. Why? You're going to have total dominion over him. You ain't going to have to worry about him. You ain't going to have fear. <laughs> that right there in itself is worth a big offering today. That's a good revelation, ain't it? And cast him into a bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years shall should be finished. And after that he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them. And judgment was given unto them, and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads, or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Nobody ever thought about anybody getting beheaded in these last days. That's still what ISIS has started doing. We read this, we think way back there in Jesus' day. No, this is talking about the days we're living in right now. These people that are having their heads cut off for the name of Jesus and are servants of the Most High God, they're going to be resurrected. They're going to be resurrected because they had their heads cut off. And this mark of the beast is fixing to come. I told y'all that ain't no mark, that ain't no chip, that ain't nothing to do with the chip, that ain't nothing to do with the Pope. It's coming through the Islamic religion, and it's going to be a mindset. It's going to be a demon spirit. And there's demons taking people over right now. They're getting to act like beasts. They don't care. They don't care who they kill. They don't care who they destroy. This ISIS is a beast. It's got the mindset of a beast. And when this mark of the beast comes, right hand is power. Forehead is the mindset. Where did he say this mark would be? In their forehead or in their right hand? Because that's the power. That's the power of Satan. That's the power of any kingdom. That's the power of any dominion. Y'all listening to me? So, it's going to be a spirit of power and authority by the works of Satan. And it's going to be a mindset to worship Satan. And it's getting worse and worse every year. The spirit's getting worse and worse. I mean, people crazy. They're going to join up with this ISIS stuff. And you mark my words, there will be a prophet rise out of this Islamic religion. He will either say he's Mohammed or he is Mohammed reincarnated or he has the spirit of Mohammed. And if he ever gets turned loose, this whole thing, this whole Mohammed world's going to follow him. And don't you think anybody that claims to serve Islam or is a Muslim is a religion of peace. There ain't nobody, I don't care who they are, that bishop that came to our church, was you there when Bishop Albert come from Pakistan that time years ago? I know y'all were, Sister Kathy, I don't know if you were or not. But he stood right there and told us, he preaches in Pakistan. They will cut your head off. Uh, Sister Sheila Austin went over and preached. He said, you preach against anything you want to. You cast out devils. You heal the sick. He said, you ever say one word about the prophet Mohammed. He said, they will pull you off that platform and cut your head off. And there's nothing I can do about it. He said, because they worship that Islamic religion. And if that prophet ever gets turned loose, and the Lord done told me he's going to rise. And he ain't coming through the Catholic Church. Catholics aren't Antichrist. 
Muslims are antichrist. It's coming through this Muslim religion. This prophet's going to arise. You read about him. This is this prophet. You hear me? He's going to worship the image of the beast, which is exactly what this ISIS stuff is bringing forth. I don't know the fullness of it, but I'm telling you, you're being warned. There's something in the works. There's something in the making. We better take things serious. We're living too casual for what's going on in this world. And God's trying to get our attention. You hear me? God's trying to get our attention. But they're going to take people, they're going to cut their heads off. And it says in verse 4, "...had not worshipped the beast, neither his image." An image is something you project. It's something you project. All these movie stars, Elvis Presley has an image. A lot of preachers have an image. A lot of famous people have an image. So see, this beast is going to project an image, and people are going to follow after this image. That's what people are going after they don't know the truth about ISIS. All these people that want to go join ISIS, they're following the image of the glory. They're following the image of a glory. And a, 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 the devil's lying to them, telling them they're going to be famous. You hearing me? Telling these girls go over there. They're going to be famous. They're going to marry into all this uh, thing. And they're going to be great women. Now they wind up being sex slaves. They wind up being tortured and murdered and killed and taken advantage of. Why? It's an image that's being projected. Am I making sense to y'all today? God's trying to warn us. He's trying to wake us up. And I'm going to catch it for this. <laughs> Had not received His mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Now, y'all with me? But the rest of the dead, them that are asleep in Jesus, live not again until the thousand years were finished this is the first resurrection. So this painting and this picture that the church paints, how the rapture's taking place, all the saints are going up and all the graves are being opened and they're going up, it ain't Bible. It don't line up with the Word. He says the rest of the dead, them that are sleeping in Jesus, they ain't going to live again until this thousand years is finished. The only ones going to live right now is the dead in Christ, those that have been beheaded, those that have not received the mark or the name. Those that have been martyred for their faith or those that died in the faith like Abraham and the patriarchs, I believe some of the leaders are going to be raised. Have you not ever read where it says, and, and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob shall sit down in the kingdom of God? So they're going to come to north, south, east, and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of God. They're going to sit down with them in the fullness of God. Ooh. I'm messing with your heads, son. That's what the Word says. But what did it say about the children of the kingdom? They're going to be cast into outer darkness. This church world's fixing to be cast into outer darkness. They're going to be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Because only those that God's given us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand. And their people don't want this. They want good church. They want good shouting and good singing. And they're going to miss. Some are going to miss the very thing God put them on this earth for. I ain't missing. I ain't missing. I ain't letting a self-righteous spirit shipwreck me. Some people got a self-righteous spirit. They think they got all there is to have. Man, we ain't scratched the surface of this thing. Ain't no way we went. But the rest of the dead, verse 5, will not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that had part in the resurrection, first resurrection. On such the second death has no power. Do y'all know what the second death is? Do y'all read y'all Bibles? 
Does anybody know what the second death is? The lake of fire. The lake of fire is second death. The lake of fire is second death. I don't know if I can find it in this or not because it's a brand new Bible. Let me see. Let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see. Oh, I'll have to go back the other way, I think. I don't remember where it is right now. Oh, here it is. Uh, right on down in verse 20, chapter 20. Yep. Verse 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which are written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. So if you part of this first resurrection, second death, don't have no fire over you. Oh, hallelujah. Is you with me, children? Hebrews 10, I mean, Revelation 10th chapter. I'm fixing to tie all this together. You got your head on straight, boy? Are you getting this? Is it messing with you? It's all right. Verse 4. Revelation chapter 10. When the seven thunders had uttered their voice... I was about to write, and I heard the voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. The angel which I saw stand up on the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are therein, and the earth and the things that are therein, and the sea and the things which are therein, that there should be time no longer. And in the days of the voice of the seventh angel. y'all see this? What sounded in 1 Thessalonians 4? The last trump. What sounded in 1 Corinthians 15? The last trump. What is the voice of the seventh angel? The last trump. Are y'all hearing me? And in the days of the voice of the seventh angel. And see, I told y'all, these ain't, these ain't trumpets. These ain't literal trumpets. These are anointings. These are messages. This is the word God's going to begin to reveal to the church. And it's going to come one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And at seven, the mystery of God should be finished. Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's going to bring in the fullness, the perfection of it. And God's trying to show this to us. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, should be finished. First Thessalonians, the mystery of God, Christ in you, the hope of glory, shall be finished. First uh, Corinthians 15, the mystery of God, Christ in you, shall be finished. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the sound of the last trump, we which are alive and remain... Shall what? We shall be changed. Because flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God. When the resurrected power of Christ comes in you in the fullness, you're going to be changed. You ain't going to inherit the kingdom of God because the fullness of Christ is the kingdom of God. It's God being made manifest in Christ in the fullness. Your body ain't going to take this. This mortal's going to put on immortal. This corruption's going to put on incorruption. You're going to put on the mind of Christ. Are y'all with me? It's in First Thessalonians 4. It's in First Corinthians 15. It's right here in Revelation 10 and 7. Are y'all with me? Hallelujah. 
But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished, as he has declared to his servants the prophets. Revelation 11 and verse 14. The second woe is past, and behold, the third woe cometh quickly. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ, and He shall reign forever. Right there we're going to put on the fullness of God, and everything in this world is going to become subject to us. The kingdoms of this world are going to become the kingdoms of our Lord and His Christ, and we're going to rule and reign 1,000 years with Him on this earth. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Everything, my God, I feel the working of the Holy Ghost. And it's right at the beginning of the judgment in Revelation 20. That's the beginning of the millennium. That's the beginning of the reign of Christ. That's the beginning of the sons of God ministry. That's the beginning when the Word of God in you is going to bind Satan for a thousand years. And we're going to go across this earth preaching Christ, preaching salvation. Amen nothing going to stop it. Ain't nothing going to hinder. Ain't nothing going to slow you down because everything that created Satan is going to live in you, rule in you and reign in you and you're going to rule and reign with him a thousand years. Can you say amen? Amen. All right. Hallelujah. Ain't the Lord good? I said, ain't He good? Hallelujah. And I believe the Lord brought it together for us. How many of y'all believe the Lord brought it together for us? I've seen it come together, but I ain't seen it as the beginning of the sons of God ministry, and I ain't never seen it as the millennium. Boy, y'all been talked to today, ain't you? The Lord's good. Take these and study them. Take this and study it. Study that sixth chapter of Romans, because that's where being baptized into His death is. What did the Lord tell us in January to pray for? Be baptized into his death and for the fivefold ministry to come forth and bring leadership in the church. And I'm afraid we've been slack. I'm afraid I've been slack. But the Lord's wanting to manifest something and bring it forth. And he, I, heard it, I heard that voice. said, just a few days, I'm on Son, Son of Man Ministries fixing to step on the scene. Fixing to step on the scene. Man, if you'd been with me at that tent revival last week, you'd have thought he had stepped down on there. Woman 30-something years Hadn't heard or spoke, and I prayed for. She started hearing in her right ear, and that woman I prayed for had them disintegrating disc and ruptured disc in her neck. Spirit of God like knocked six Deborah in the dirt. So God's revealing Himself. Amen. He's revealing Himself, and the more we yield to Him, the more He'll take His abode in here as the Son of Man. The Son of Man is the stepping stone to the sons of God. You can't get Son of Man ministry, you ain't going to get Son of God ministry. Because, see, we are heirs with God. And we are joint heirs with Christ. Go with me to Romans 8. Let me just shove this in the devil's face, just make him good and mad. Does anybody know what the word Christ means? Am I going to have to start Bible classes? The anointing? It does. It means the anointing. Y'all with me in Romans 8? Verse 10. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead 
because of sin. Any of y'all, your body dead because of sin? Your body ain't dead to sin. Therefore, that means Christ don't live in you. Not like He'd like to. You may have... I don't even think we've got an earnest of the Christ. I think we've got an earnest of the Spirit of the Son of Man. I think we've got an earnest of the Holy Ghost. Just to do works. Because I'm sorry, I have too much trouble out of my flesh. I have too much trouble. I mean, that sin nature's there. Am I proud of it? No. Do I yield to it? Not if I can help it. My Chucky's supposed to be dead. If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Now, listen to this, verse 11. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus, that's the physical man. That's the physical body. Y'all agree with that? Y'all believe Jesus was the tabernacle? I preached a message years ago. Jesus was the tabernacle of God. He was the physical body that God inhabited. Y'all with me? But the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead. Now, how do you raise the anointing from the dead? Church can't answer these questions. Church don't have this mystery. When his soul was in hell and he died, his soul spiritually died to pay for our sins and to destroy the devil. The devil couldn't be destroyed without the very soul of Christ becoming sin. First, uh, I guess it's 1 Corinthians 5, last verse says, He that knew no sin became sin. That we might become the righteousness of God through Him. Something like that. So, when He took all of our sins on Him, the Lord turned His face from Him. He cried out, My God, my God, why hast Thou forsaken me? When Jesus left that, when His Spirit, when He yielded up His Spirit, He said, Father, into Thy hands I commend my Spirit. If He's going straight to heaven, He wouldn't have done that. When he was on his knees in the garden, his sweat became his great drops of blood. He was wrestling with the fact he was fixing to go to hell for two and a half days without the Father. That's what he was wrestling with. But you know what he said? He said, Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither shall thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. By this scripture that David spoke, he said, My flesh just rest in hope. I know you ain't going to leave my body in the ground long enough for it to start rottening. And after three days, the body will start corrupting. Because Lazarus was in the tomb four days, and Martha said, he doesn't start corrupting, he stinks. So Jesus knew he would only be there for a time. But he had to believe that. He had to hold on to it, and he had to believe God was going to raise him from the dead. If he hadn't, he could have lost his soul in hell. See, people don't look at that. But he was there, he paid for all of our sins. But his soul was dead. The very fullness of God entered into him. And the Christ was raised. Christ was raised from the dead. He became the Christ right there. When her back into the physical body, he become God in the flesh, in the fullness. When he raised that physical body, that corruption put on incorruption, that mortal put on immortality. He raised, walked right into the mercy seat in the heavens, put his blood on the mercy seat, obtained eternal redemption. And the Bible said, and he sat down on the right hand of God, which is power, or he took on the full power, descended back to earth and told his disciples, he said, all power in heaven and earth now lives right here, dwells right here. 
I'm God in the flesh in the fullness. Right here. He was flesh and bone, but He wasn't flesh and blood. Flesh and blood can't inherit this. He told them when He appeared to them. He said, touch me. Handle me. He said, a spirit have not flesh and bone or a ghost. He said, I ain't no ghost. I'm flesh and bone. Handle me. He said, spirit have not flesh and bone as you see me have. But He was God in the fullness, in the flesh, all power in heaven and earth. Everything that created from the beginning all the way through. The power that had destroyed Satan, power over spiritual death, is all living in Him right there. He, he's God in the, right now, He's God in the flesh. He's God living in the glorified flesh of Jesus Christ. The full all power in heaven and earth living right there. Y'all think y'all get up there, y'all going to see some old man sitting on the throne with a ten-foot beard? No, you're going to see Jesus Christ. You ain't going to see a dove sitting on His right hand. Y'all hear me? You ain't going to see a dove floating around up there on his right hand. You ain't going to see Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. You're going to see one. Because these three are one. That's all you're going to see is Jesus Christ on the throne. Am I making sense to anybody? So see right there. But the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken or make alive your mortal body by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are not debtors. We are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. There's your sons of God again. People's always preached this, how Jesus was on this earth. No. The sons of God ministers never come forth. Never come forth. This is my inheritance. This is your inheritance. It's what God's chosen us for. It's what He's called us for. It's what I'm excited about. Hallelujah. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness of our spirit that we are the children of God, and of children that heirs with God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the suffering of this present times are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. People don't even understand what that means. You suffer with Him, you're going to put on the fullness of Him. You're going to put on the fullness of the Christ, the power of the resurrected Christ. I'll tell you some more right here. Man, y'all been preached to today. <laughs> been a good word. That's a pretty good word not to have any direction, ain't it? <laughs>